Voice of St. Louis original podcast. This is the STL All Local Podcast from the KMOX News team covering the St. Louis news you need to hear. And our top local story on this Thursday, March 23rd. Eviction day arrived for three homeless men living on a grassy hilltop alongside the Interstate 44 entrance ramp at Hampton Avenue. With police looking on, a man named Steve was packed up to go. What's his next move? Uh, I'm not sure yet. It, it, are they offering you a place to stay? Like yes. A, what do you think about that offer? Um, I'm not sure at this time. Uh, there was two other guys I was going to go with. So I'm going to kind of talk with them and then kind of see, because they know a little more about this than I do. MoDOT crews were on hand throwing garbage into a highway dump truck for removal. The lineup of lawyers is taking shape on either side of the battle over St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. KMOX's Kevin Colleen has the latest. The Attorney General's team seeking to oust Kim Gardner is an in-house gang of five lawyers all on his staff, including former St. Louis County Executive Candidate William Corrigan Jr., Kim Gardner's team working to help her keep her job includes Webster Groves attorney Michael Downey, the rainmaker who got her off with just a reprimand when she could have lost her law license in an earlier ethics probe. Gardner has also sought permission from the court to add three attorneys from the Washington, D.C. firm of Kaiser Dillon. Two of them are big guns. They have argued cases before the U.S. Supreme Court. The Metro East is among six regions being targeted for funds to battle vehicle thefts and carjackings. Illinois State Police Director Brendan Kelly gives one example of what they'll get with the money. We will purchase and deploy 100 mobile license plate readers on squad cars statewide to specifically target vehicle thefts and hijackings and related violent crime. Now, the latest from Missouri's capital. The Missouri Senate today overwhelmingly passed two bills relating to transgender rights. One bill bans gender transition therapies and surgeries for minors. The other prevents transgender youth from participating in girls' sports. Republican Bill Eigel. If someone is disappointed in Missouri because they can't harm kids here, we are better if they are gone. Democrat Greg Razor. If your kid has come out to you and you're not supportive, I beg you to educate yourself, get your feelings in check because your kid needs you today. Can't wait for tomorrow. Your kid needs you today. The bills now move to the state house. Sports gambling advocates in Missouri are optimistic this is finally the year. The House passed a sports betting bill this week, but the Senate is where the buck stopped last year. The Missouri Gaming Association represents the state's 13 casinos in their push for sports gambling. Executive Director Mike Winter wants to avoid getting tied to other legislation. What we're trying to make sure is that everyone understands we need to keep the sports betting bill separate and try to deal with sports betting on its own merits. 36 states now have sports gambling, including all of Missouri's neighbors. Scott Jagal, KMOX News. Missouri's House has approved a phased-in series of tax cuts in state taxes. Legislative staff estimate the measure now before the Senate ultimately would reduce tax collections by more than $1 billion per year. St. Louis area Democrat Peter Meredith argued it would cut state services to programs like education. Now, we are flush with cash right now. On that, we agree. And yet we're being told we don't have the money to pay for long overdue significant increases in the things this state does, whether that's our infrastructure, our teachers, our state workers. We're giving less than the bare minimum. On the other side, supporters argued it would spur investments and business growth. 
Phil Brooks, KMOX News. When it comes to being ready for a public health emergency, Missouri's in the middle of the pack. Matt McKillop, senior researcher with the Trust for America's Health, tells KMOX the state does have important things in place. For example, a nurse licensure compact allows it to bring in nurses from other states without a delay. And McKillop says Missouri has improved its policies for paid time off, which was beneficial during the pandemic. Giving people the ability and the space to be able to stay home from work when they were sick or a family member was sick and needed to be cared for as a means of preventing further spread. An infection was a really vital tool. But McKillop says Missouri needs to expand public health services overall and boost funding for public health systems. Megan Lynch, KMOX News. A notable East St. Louis musician, band leader, and soul singer has died. David D. was 84. He was known for his guitar work and was a regular at BB's for 15 years. Back in the 1960s, D. was a successful soul recording artist. Memorial arrangements have not been announced. The KMOX Business Desk, if you're thinking of buying a new car this spring, some brands may still be hard to find. At Ackerman Toyota in the city, finance manager Mike Kaiser says people are buying new cars based on pictures. Well, it's the first time I ever bought a car without seeing it first. So uh, it is different. I mean, uh, whenever they come here to look at the vehicle for the first time is whenever they're driving at home. Kaiser says used cars are more, are more available than new, but there still aren't as many as there used to be floating around. Well, Block, the payments company formerly known as Square, has been accused of fraud. Shares of Block, founded by two St. Louisans, Jack Dorsey and Jim McKelvey, now a major tech employer in downtown St. Louis, fell today just shy of 15%. That's after a short seller, Hindenburg Research, revealed results of a two-year investigation that it says found that Block inflated its user numbers, possibly through deception, and that the company has taken advantage of consumers with predatory products. Joining us on KMOX is Peter Rudiger, who's the banking and payments reporter for The Wall Street. Street Journal wrote the story. Thank you for joining us on KMOX in St. Louis. I'm happy to be here. So Cash App is the specific uh, square block product that's uh, being scrutinized here. Uh, first of all, tell us what it does for those who, who don't use you know, Venmo, Cash App, those kinds of apps, uh, and why this firm thinks that its explosive growth has been suspect. Sure. So Cash App is the number one finance app in the App Store. Uh, through your smartphone, you can use it to send money to another Cash App user, you can order a debit card to uh, swipe you know, in-store and, and online for purchases. You can file your taxes through Cash App. You can do a lot of things you can do at, at a bank, but it's all through uh, Block, through this Cash App service. And it was really one of the big beneficiaries of the pandemic in terms of people downloading it to receive their government unemployment benefits or their stimulus checks. Uh, user numbers really exploded. So Cash App had, I think, about 25 million users uh, in 2019. It ended 2022 with 51 million users. Um, now, what Hindenburg Research said in their report today was a lot of that growth uh, during the pandemic was due to fraud. So it cited some public records requests that it got from states like Massachusetts and Ohio that showed that uh, a bank that Cash App uses to process some of those payments had a disproportionate amount of fraudulent payments that some states tried to claw back uh, as a result of, uh, of some of those transfers going on. Yeah, the report says, uh, quote, core to the issue is that Block has embraced one traditionally very underbanked segment of the population, criminals. It mentions uh, sex trafficking and contract killers. Yeah, so the, the short seller went through a lot of uh, court cases, uh, some at the federal level, some at the state and city level, to see uh, Cash App was being used as a kind of payment method of choice for some of those bad actors. Um, it cited one case in Baltimore where there was a gang called Cash App, uh, and it used the Cash App service to kind of move money that they 
had allegedly received from sales of drugs. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of those 51 million users, uh, according to the short seller in the report, are uh, sometimes criminals and bad actors using Cash App to move money around in ways that might uh, evade detection. Um, but also a lot of it might just be fake people uh, that are using it to create accounts just for the purposes of stealing identities or using it to apply for government benefits that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to be eligible for. What does the report say about uh, Block Square's uh, response to consumer complaints? Um, it kind of faults them for, consu- for their response to consumer complaints and highlights this investigation that Block is under from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau in Washington, D.C., as well as many state attorneys general. Uh, the CFPB actually took the step of suing Block last year, trying to get them to comply with a uh, request for documents and information and saying that Block was uh, slow walking some of that response. Block responded in court that some of those uh, requests were overly burdensome. Uh, a judge decided in the CFPB's favor, so Block has to turn over those documents to the regulator. And they you know, disclosed to their investors that this is an open matter that not just the CFPB, but the state attorneys general are looking into how it handles customer disputes uh, and complaints around fraud. And, you know, there could be, you know, a potential settlement down the line or some other news forthcoming. We're talking with Peter Rudiger, who's the banking and payments reporter at The Wall Street Journal, about a report that's out about uh, Block, formerly known as Square, uh, a company very well known to St. Louisans. And the report alleges uh, that this activity led to a windfall for those St. Louisans who founded the company, Dorsey and McKelvey. That's right. Um, both uh, Dorsey and McKelvey sold uh, a lot of stock in the past couple of years uh, when Square uh, and Block stock price kind of took off. I mentioned that it was one of these big pandemic winter, winners um, in terms of gaining users, but it also got the attention of investors, you know, up several hundred percent uh, since the onset of the pandemic. It's, it's come down since then, since uh, 2021, as have a lot of tech stocks. But in the intervening time, um, a lot of Square executives have sold stock and profited handsomely from that growth. So, of course, these are some shocking allegations uh, against a company that here in St. Louis uh, is is a giant in the business community. How is Block responding to this? So Block did not kind of respond point by point to Hindenburg's allegations. They did put a statement out today saying that they think it's inaccurate and full of misleading and uh, deceptive information uh, that's designed to confuse investors, and that they're actually exploring um, any action that they could take with uh, the SEC, with the Securities and Exchange Commission, or just with their lawyers, you know, seeing if there's anything legal action they can take against Hindenburg itself. Peter Rudiger, the banking and payments reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Thank you for getting us up to speed on this story. I'm happy to. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Calhoun. The STL All Local Podcast is a production of the KMOX Newsroom. Another update in the morning.